Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Father, we thank you for this night, Lord. We thank you for your hand on every man in this place, Lord. We praise you for the work you've done in our lives. We praise you for what you're doing tonight. God, we ask that you meet us in the, the real place that we're at tonight. God, through the words that are spoken, through the atmosphere that's felt, through the faith that rises together, through the brotherhood that's being built here in Grace Avenue Church for the first gathering since late 2019, Lord, we thank you that tonight is a new beginning for the men of Grace Avenue Church. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Awesome. Great to be with you guys today. I want you to remain standing for a moment because as we get started here, uh, I'm going to introduce our guest speaker. His name is Pastor Brandon Clack. And uh, I am, we have been acquaintances for quite some time. Tonight's my first time actually getting to sit down along with you and hear him. I've just seen the video clips. How many of you know, thank God for Insta clips sometimes. You're like, man, that was good. That built my whole spirit up, right? And Pastor Brandon is uh, a friend of mutual friends and... Um, if you don't like what he says tonight, then you can just blame it all on Pastor Courtney because he's the one who said this would be a good idea. But I believe it's going to be a great, great night tonight. So do me a favor. Uh, can you go ahead and just give a huge round of applause and honor Pastor Brandon back as he comes to bring the word tonight? Can we just clap our hands for Jesus just one time, everybody? Yeah. Before you're seated, I think that it is appropriate that we honor and love on uh, the pastor of this great church. And here's why. We are living in a day and an age where pastors are incredibly discouraged and uh, rethinking the call of God, if it's even worth it. Um, but you've got a great pastor who is more committed today to the heartbeat of God for this city than he has ever been in his life. Can we honor Pastor Daniel and his incredible family? Yeah. You guys can be seated. Uh, I'm excited to be here uh, and just to share just a couple of thoughts with you that's, that's on my heart. And um, I think that we're going to be blessed. Um, there's going to be a moment during this conversation where the Holy Spirit uh, is going to just probably walk right up to you, right up to your heart, and uh, you're going to sense um, that he's here and that he's near if you haven't sensed that already. And uh, it's just one of the byproducts that anytime you open up the word of God, the spirit of truth begins to come alive in your life. And uh, what I have come to know over the years is that every time that I begin to read the word of God, Anytime that I begin to follow the precepts that have been suggested, it's not just me being ritualistic in following some religious orders. What happens to me is that my faith begins to grow with every act or building block of obedience to the Word of God. And every space and every place of my life that I have decided to follow God and to trust His Word, I have found significant breakthroughs and what I mean by that is that there were areas in my life 
there were these boundaries, these walls where I felt locked out of whatever it is that I was supposed to become. And sometimes God will do strange things where he'll give you uh, an assignment or he'll give you uh, something to do that seems so unrelated to the thing that you really need help in. And God says, essentially, if you'll trust me with what seems insignificant to you, then I, on the back end of your faith, will begin to make other things happen for your life. And I think people mean well. They call it karma. You know, they call it whatever they want. But when you obey the principles of the word of God, you are opening your life to the supernatural. And so when I say the supernatural, I'm not just talking about, you know, angels following you home and, you know, all of that great stuff that happens. But there is a practicality, believe it or not, to the supernatural. That when I obey the word of God with a, with a beautiful heart, with the right heart, God starts to unfold some things in my life. And so we're going to just touch that just a little bit tonight as we look at it through the lens of, of really being, and he took the words right out of my mouth, really being a grace man, a grace man. And from the beginning of time, God decided to invest his spirit in men. You cannot find anything in the word of God that started and was sustained that God wanted to happen, that he did not go and draft a man. Even from the very beginning, he built one from the dirt. He essentially gathered a man out of the mud and formed that man in his own image. Now hear me, God is spirit. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said that the Father is spirit and that those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so I don't want you to use your natural mind when I'm talking about the image of God. I'm not saying that God has arms and legs like you and I do. When you're talking about the image of God, you are talking about the reflective glory of God. Which means all of those God kind of characteristics that when God comes in a room, you know, I, I remember as a teenager when God would come in the room, I was in my little Pentecostal church, 937 West Magnolia, not far from here, right down the road. And uh, I, I remember when I could sense God coming in the room and because of my a low-level education at the time. I just didn't know a lot about, by, about God. I, I had to rely on goosebumps on my arms to be a, a signifying factor that God was in the room. But as I began to grow older, I began to not necessarily need a, a bodily hairs-up-on-the-arm sensation for my body to know God was near. I began to see that God was near when I watch godly men walk out his character. And so now I can sense in Walmart or in a board meeting that God is near, watch this, when a man or a woman walks in the room who's been being the reflective image of his characteristics. There, there is almost like systematic theology. There, there, there is an idea that in the Old Covenant, it's just a fancy word. It was called a theophany. And all that means is that God decided to reveal his son Jesus before he came through the womb of Mary. And so there are these opportunities all throughout 
the Old Covenant, all throughout the Old Testament, where God and the manifestation of the Lord Jesus Christ would show up in the midst of somebody. Oftentimes it was for messages or it was for conversation or it was for confirmation or it was for a name change or whatever it was that God wanted to do with that man. When he got ready to do something, he would just walk upon him. And because the man was limited in his education, kind of like me, they had to use other opportunities and objects to know he was coming near. I only bring up that small introduction to point you to a story in the Bible about a burning bush where all of a sudden Moses is this man that is fresh off of a murder case. He just, he just, he, the, the injustice that was going on with this particular fight that he saw, Moses steps in and, you know, gets a little carried away. And I don't know if you've ever been there, gotten a little carried away. And, and Moses' righteous indignation, if you will, just bleeds over too far and kills somebody. And at the announcement of this death, he's now on the run. Here's what I love. As he's making his way on the run and he's, he's finding a new normal because it's challenging to have to live with the mistakes that everybody reminds you of. And, and because Moses has this mistake that's following him, he goes and finds a new crew and uh, he finds this, this young lady named Zipporah and before he can marry her, she has to introduce him to another man. His name is Jethro. Jethro, her father-in-law, is the owner of a lot of flock, a lot of sheep. And Jethro decides to really test Moses by giving him, here comes, some of the rights that Adam had. I'm going to put you back in charge of something, Moses. Because every man is a builder, and every man has this this organic leader on the inside of them. You know, I don't know if you're your leader on your job or, or maybe you're just your leader in your home, but, but in the DNA of every man, we, we lead something, somewhere. And, and Jethro looks at Mo and he says, hey man, I'm going to give you this flock and you, you tend this flock. And as he's tending the flock, as he's leading the flock, ordinary days, watch this, every man has this in common, when you're trying to just hold down your normal nine to five, Moses finds himself in a desert. Have you ever just been minding your own business and you find yourself in a really dry season where it seems like everything is tumbleweeds, nothing is working out, everything seems so dry, everything seems like it's so hard to just make it, not to mention the responsibility of the people that you're trying to lead through this hard time. And that's where Moses is with the flock. But I think it's so interesting, Pastor Courtney, because the Bible says, you can read it, it's Exodus chapter 3, it's all right there. The Bible says that Moses leads them to the desert, and in the middle of the desert is Mount Horeb. Now, Mount Horeb is nothing more than another name for Mount Sinai. 
And Mount Sinai just so happens to be the place where the fire of God comes down on this mountain whenever God wants to speak. And the tension in the text really is, is that sometimes we end up in dry places and that's exactly where God is. The real tension of the text, and not just the text, but probably even just the language of your own life, is that when it feels like things are their most difficult, it is quite possible that God wants to reveal greater conversation. Right in the middle of a desert, working my normal job with these sheep, trying to take care of my family. I literally work for my father-in-law, trying to get married. This was the best job I could get because I got a record. I just got in trouble for murder. The only thing I'm qualified to do is to work this job, and I don't really like it because it led me to a dry place. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that Moses sees a burning bush. Now, the burning bush is not really something amazing, not in a desert at least, because it's hot outside. So many theologians believe that Moses is used to seeing shrubs on fire. He's used to seeing bushes catch on fire, kind of like in California. That's, that's nothing new. <laughs> He's used to seeing these, these bush fires. But something happens to this particular bush that as he notices it, this is where it's going to bless you. He looks at the bush. Eh, just a burning bush. He takes a few more steps and looks again. And he says, now why aren't these twigs melting? Why aren't these leaves being gobbled up in the flame? And at this moment, the Bible says that when God saw him look again, then God called out to him. Here is my humble suggestion. I believe some of you need to look again. You're saying, Pastor Brandon, look, look where? You're talking about look around at the tinted windows? No, not over there. The, the look again is I think we have an idea of how life should go. And when God doesn't do it, we start looking elsewhere for relief. But Moses decides, which changes his life, that I'm going to take a deeper dive into this seemingly tragic situation. I'm going to look at this fire again. Watch what happens. When God sees that Moses is willing to look again, then all of a sudden, here comes the call of God. The call of God. It comes out of that blaming blazing fire and he says uh, Moses I have heard the cries of my people hold on God why are we talking about this I have a murder charge I have a record I hate my job and I'm in the middle of a desert with, with these sheep that don't even belong to me they're about to die why do you want to talk to me about something totally unrelated here is the good news God has been watching how you've been handling your bad situations. You, you couldn't tell and you couldn't see it, but all it was 
was God watching to see, can you handle pressure? 19 months we have not gathered. And I think God has been watching. You think you came to Grace Avenue. No, you really came to Mount Sinai tonight. There is a bush that's burning. And through this conversation, many of you are going to find language that gives clear definition to your existence on this planet. What if I told you that you've been built for more than what you're doing right now? What if I told you that there is more to you than a bald head and a beard and some glasses and your nine to five and your marriage and your kids? What if I told you there is a holy call on your life? It's possible you would look back at me and say, Pastor Brandon, <laughs> there ain't no holy call on me. I work at Walmart. I work at Target. I only got my GED. There's nothing special about me. And I would suggest to you, you're a prime candidate. What if God has been looking for someone that society has X'd out of greatness so that you wouldn't take the credit if he took you to the top? I think God sometimes leaves men like you and I unnoticed and ungroomed, not because we're, we're not worthy of being helped out, a helping hand, but because God says, if I let a man pull you up, he might share the credit with me. But if I take you from the bottom to the top, you'll be loyal to me for the rest of your life. And then all of a sudden, you'll duplicate your experience and somebody can find a context of freedom. Here's all freedom is. Children of Israel crying out, begging God to come out of slavery and out of chains. Here's all freedom is. Freedom is walking in the revelation that I can be what I'm called to be. That's it. Those people that were stuck behind Pharaoh's bars were living beneath the reality of who they're supposed to be. And I want to suggest to you, you're probably one conversation away from unlocking someone's chains that a Pharaoh put on them. Maybe the Pharaoh is an economic state. Maybe the Pharaoh is what, whatever it is that makes somebody in your world, your sphere of influence, your, your, your connectivity, whatever it is that has them spelling relief in Jack Daniels or a blunt or the strip club or, or a ton of what, whatever. People spell relief differently. So no judgment. But what I'm saying is, if there's another way that you could find relief and not pollute your call, would you be willing? Now, now the resistance you're going to get from whoever you're going to have that conversation with is, well, how come God won't just do that? If he really loved me, why am I going through this? And it's not so much a, a wrestling match that God has forsaken someone and left them in the bad situation because he doesn't care. That's, that's not really it. What it is is that sometimes God, man, will give you over to your bad decisions. We, we've, we've got an opportunity to be what he's called us to be. Watch what happens to Moses. Moses having this conversation. Hey, Mo, I want to talk to you, man. I'm 
really like to set these children of Israel free. And Moses says, cool, I'm going to walk up on you. Watch this. And God says, this is where it's going to come home for the grace men tonight. God says, we're going to have a great conversation, but, but don't come near me. Stay where you are. Because the ground is holy. And because this ground is holy, I, we've heard the children of Israel crying, I want to do all these great things with you, but hold on, Moses. The ground is holy. Which means you got to take your shoes off. If I'm going to give you an opportunity to be something you've never been before, before you come closer, because that's all conversation is, it's just closeness. Before I let you come closer, take your shoes off. Hear me, grace men. Every grace man, every man on this planet that's going to be used by God, you got to take something off. Something's got to come off. And, and especially for men, it's going to be something that we assume we can't live without. Name me one man that willfully wants to walk in the desert without shoes on. Snakes, scorpions, rocks, bones, all types of things that could rip the foot to shreds. And it's a bad deal to be immobile in the desert. It's a bad deal to hurt yourself and not be able to get out of the desert. The coyotes are coming. But God says, hey man, before you can come closer, you got to take something off. You've got to take off what you depend on more than me. Here's the truth. We all got something that we reserve in case God does not come through. Amen. You ain't got to say amen. I know it's the truth because I got something. We, we've all got that one thing like, Lord, all right, I'm going to try that. But if you don't, I'm going back to plan B. That's why some guys don't stop selling drugs but love Jesus. Because if you don't come through for me what I'm believing on, I still got to slang this dime bag. There's, there's, there's this thing. But I'm telling you that for this kind of level of ministry that I think God is about to start drafting men into because the times are demanding the light of Jesus Christ, times that we live in. Before we get into that moment, we've got to take something off. Right now, tonight, I'm going to pray for you in a few minutes, but right now in your heart, a couple of things just flash before your mind of what you know, I can't live without that. What if, I'm not telling you God said it, I'm just saying what if. What if God required your attention Monday nights at 7 p.m.? I'm just saying. What if Fox at 4 o'clock when the Cowboys are coming on? What if God whispered to you and said, hey, can we talk? I wonder if we take those shoes off. Now, I, it just so happens I'm standing up here asking the question, but I got to ask myself the question, too, because basketball season is coming up. And I wonder if for the next level of insight that he may want to give me about me, is he going to require something of me that I hold near and dear? Hey, Mo, before you come any closer for any kind of conversation, take them shoes off. 
you're going to have to take something off that you are probably relying on a little bit more than me. Watch this. He, he clearly takes those sandals off because the ground is holy. And I think it's also pretty cool that the sandals carry the past. Right? Because those sandals got dung on it. Those sandals probably got a little blood on it. Those sandals have all of the residue of what Moses has walked through. I wouldn't doubt that he had those sandals on when he murdered that man. And God says, I want to give you a new beginning. So take off that past before we go into the future. I, I want you to leave behind any footprint of what you were because old things have passed away. And behold, all things are about to be new. Take them sandals off. He takes them off and um, he starts the conversation about his call. And, and I want to just stress the point even more because that's all Exodus chapter 3 in case you want to read it when you get home. The next chapter over is chapter 4 where God, Moses has clearly already said yes and God starts talking to him about something else he's got to throw down. He says, hey, Moses, um, you're ready for Pharaoh, but there are some things you're going to have to do that's going to stretch you out of your comfort zone so that you can be effective for my kingdom. Here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to throw down that staff on the ground. Exodus chapter 4, verse 3. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down his staff, and it turned into a snake, and Moses jumped back. Sometimes obeying God turns into scary things he's got this rod and he's used to that because he uses that for the sheep that Jethro gave him and God says take your normal way of communicating throw that thing down he throws it down it turns into a snake Moses gets scared watch what the Lord says to him Exodus chapter 4 verse 4 then the Lord told him Reach out and grab it by the tail. Reach out and grab it by the tail. Now, I know the safest way to grab a snake is by the tail. I get it. But still, there is no safe way to grab a snake. It's just, it's just not wise. But what do you do when God contradicts your wisdom and he makes you grab things that ordinarily it's not wise for you to grab. Here's what you've got to consider. Here's what he told the prophet Jeremiah. My ways, they're not your ways. My thoughts, they're not your thoughts. Which means, if I told you to do something that makes you feel like it's dangerous, if I told you to do it, it's not dangerous. Nah. If God tells you to do something that's outside of your comfort zone and you think you could end up looking really bad and God told you to do it, then there's no bad in it. Here is the thing that we've got to be willing to divorce ourselves from. The obedience to God will inevitably make somebody upset. Me obeying God is going to make it a little awkward possibly for the person sitting next to me. And God is saying, Moses, I know you're afraid to express your obedience to me 
by grabbing something that seems dangerous. But it can't be dangerous if I'm with you. You're going to have to overcome your definitions of do's and don'ts and fears. What if I told you that the next season of your life might be the scariest one of your life, but God is with you? Would you be willing to go? Right now in my life, I have decided that I've got some scary things, some scary unknowns that I don't know about on how things are going to turn out. The only thing I know is that God promised to be with me. So every step is a deep breath of caution in my life. It's like, are we going? Are we going? Are we going? And it seems like I'm walking right into trouble. But some kind of way, God does not allow trouble to overtake those that are obedient. The entire conversation tonight is about obedience and killing comfort zones. Obedience and killing comfort zones. Hey, Mo, pick up that snake. And when you pick up that snake, this is amazing to me. When that thing touches your hand, it's going to become what's safe for you to handle. Do you trust me enough to just reach out? I think what God is asking us is, are you willing to stretch? Are you willing to be stretched outside of your comfort zone, trusting that what you're about to grab is going to be okay in your hands? And surely, lo and behold, Moses reaches out, he grabs it, and it turns back into something that won't hurt him. And I think that is the sum total of our Christianity. Trusting in faith, things that don't make sense to our circle of peers, family, and friends. And then trusting God in what seems dangerous, and then it turns into deliverance. Because this is the same rod that he's going to use to make sure all of his critics get to go free. It's it's the ultimate trust training module that I've got to get you over your fears so that somebody can have freedom. And if we can conquer your fears, Moses, and if you can be willing to step out on faith and be whatever it is I've called you to be, then you're going to experience a level of my investment in you that when you say things, it's like I'm saying things. When you go places, it's like I'm going places. When you touch people, it's like I'm touching people. When you say freedom is, it's like I demand freedom is. I think what we're about to find, guys, is that our just showing up, our just being available, us being in awkward and new positions that we wouldn't have ordinarily put ourselves in. We are about to find that people have been waiting for us to take the lead that we didn't even know we're watching. I walked in the airport just the other day and um, a young man walked up to me. He's, um, no, it was yesterday. I was in a restaurant preaching in Mississippi and a, a guy walked up to me. I had no clue. 
He's uh, just newly elected state something, whatever he is in Mississippi, the youngest guy to ever get it. He walks up to me. I have no clue who he is. He's clearly eyeing me. He walks up to me and says, Pastor Brandon. I turn around real slow. I said, yes, sir. He said, I need to shake your hand. He said, I watched you preach your daughter's funeral. He said, I cried because I don't know if I trust God like that. And he said, when I watched you preach that funeral, I decided that if you could do that, then my age running for this elected office doesn't matter. And he said, I decided to run and I won. And he said, and I love the Lord. I believe in Jesus. And I don't want to compromise my Christian beliefs just because I'm in office. Thank you for the courage to start a brand new path. And I realized in that moment that I told the Lord, you taking Zoe is unfair. Doesn't make any sense. I had her for 13 months. Why would you do that to me? And the Lord said to my heart, I didn't do it to you. She was my daughter before she was yours. He said, I just loaned you the investment. I, I loaned you some cachet. I loaned you some believability. People are only going to believe you now because you loved me through that. You're welcome. And, I, and it dawned on me that although I was in pain, that I think God had a greater plan for what my mind tells me he should have never done. And now there is an elected official that is proclaiming the love of God because he had the courage to run because he watched a man he's never met in Memphis preach a funeral for a child he'll never get to see. And what I'm telling you is, what I'm telling you is in this conversation is that there is more to those bad situations than what you realize. And as you confidently and courageously walk with God in obedience to whatever he says to do. I got a guy in my church right now that there's a phrase that I say, and it's going to sound strange. If he were in here right now and I were to say level up, he would take off running around the church. Every time I'm preaching and I say level up, he runs. The only reason why he runs is because it's a statement of faith. He's just promising the Lord that no matter how strange I look, just in faith, I want you to see my commitment to what you're doing in my life. People laugh. They're like, come on, man, you really got to run every time. Here is the funny thing now. He just got booked on tour for this comedy extravaganza is Kevin. He just got booked on tour for the next six months, making more money he's made in the last 12 months. Because his statement of faith was, if this running makes me look foolish to them, but it makes me acceptable in your life, tie my shoes. And I'm leveling up around whatever. Now, I'm not telling you to run. But what I am telling you to do is be open to whatever expression that the Lord is calling you to do. Last thing and I'm done. I'm going to pray for you. One of the plans of the enemy is not just light pitchfork and fire and brimstone. You know, that is a, where he'd like you to go, but that's not the only onslaught 
Some of that stuff is against your mind. Where God will whisper something to you and the enemy will try to talk you out of it. Because every place where there is slow obedience, it's disobedience. The pace and the time of God to say yes to him has a time frame. Question, case in point. How long did it take Jesus to say yes to the cross? Jesus finds himself saying yes, fine. You sure we got to go this route? Sure you got to do it? All right, whatever, Lord. Come on, let's go. My point is, obedience is a heart posture that doesn't need pre-calculation of logic. Now, I'll tell you this. God ain't going to tell you to run in the middle of uh, 281, okay? That is not the call of God, okay? That's, a, that's another voice. Don't listen to that one, okay? No, no. But you, you know it's God when it doesn't lead you to sin, it's not hurting your kids, it's not hurting your wife, that it just makes you uncomfortable. When you hear that, I'm telling you, I, I'll just tell on a, a couple of pastors um, that I love, it was uncomfortable to close their churches during the pandemic. But for their obedience, if the Lord said, close it, you close it. You, you may not like, oh God, how's this going to work out? And a lot of them thrive. And I'll tell you where, maybe not in the pews, but with the people in their house. Because they were so used to standing up here saying hallelujah that they hadn't seen their kids in four years. <laughs> and so the pandemic gave them chance to be back at home, figuring out family all over again. The whole point is, whatever he says to you, just do it. Yo, Jesus, we out of wine. And, and Jesus says, what do you want me to do about that? It ain't my time. Nope you some of this uh, water with the little brown stuff in it. <laughs> Just pick the dirt and the bugs out. And watch what his mama says to him. Hey, y'all. She just completely ignored Jesus. Not my time, woman. Guys, whatever he says to you, just do it. What an amazing statement of faith. Jesus says it is not time to do it. And the woman of God, his mama says, I don't care if he says go find a banana. He'll work something out with that banana to get our ultimate goal in mind. Whatever he says, do it immediately. Because your obedience transforms natural into supernatural. God may say, hey man, just lift your hands and worship me. And one lifted hand could turn something normal into something abnormal when you get home. Who knows that by the time you get home after being in this moment obeying God, who knows what's going to be straightened out in your house? You have no clue how the, your teenager's minds might be regulated by the time you get home. You have no clue that God might be dealing with your supervisor over a promotion that they're trying to keep from you. You have no clue just what a simple act of obedience here transform something over there let's stand together I want to pray for you I want to pray I want to pray I want to pray father this is your church and these are your men and I thank you that you've given us the right and the opportunity to come into your presence 
And I thank you, Lord, that when you invite us close, it's so that you can remove out of us anything that's not like you. So I'm standing with my brothers tonight, and I am believing that you are going to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that they can ask or think. Lord, I'm asking for anything that is taking place in their personal lives that they can't fix on their own, I'm asking that you would give them an instruction that they can follow so that they can see transformation take place in their lives. Lord, I thank you that all of these men, although they may feel like they're in a desert tonight, they had no clue that they were coming to the presence of the Lord. I am asking, Lord, all nightmares, all addictions, all frustrations, all irritations, anything that does not look like you, that is driving them and pulling them away from another yes, I am asking tonight that you would invade their dreams, you would invade their hearts, that you would speak to them like you did Moses. And Lord, whatever you tell us to throw down, whatever you tell us to take off, we are deciding tonight that nothing is worth having it more than you. Give us closer proximity of what the future looks like, and we'll give you praise for it for the rest of our lives in Jesus' name. Come on and clap those hands, and let's give Jesus a great praise. Come on, if you don't mind, just clap them a little bit longer, like you're smacking the devil around just a little bit. This is the sound of victory. I said, this is the sound of victory. This is the sound of victory. These are men that are not laying down, but these are men that will lead their church and their community and their families to favor and all the things that God has called them to be. Come on, clap those hands just a couple of more seconds. You know that the devil doesn't have natural hands, so he can't clap. So when you clap, it reminds him of the position that you're in. We are in authority, and we will see everything God has called us to be. One more time, lift up a great shout of praise in Jesus' name. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.